Sean, I've had to watch this guy all morning. Can we please watch something else? When I'm running the podcast, I get to choose the movie. When you're running the podcast, we'll watch your movie. I can see a new horizon underneath the blazing sky. I'll be where the eagle's flying higher and higher. Oh, I can't take it anymore. Let's switch back. to a match made in space. I'm Allie Goodman. And I'm John Walter. And we are a married couple showing each other the 80s movies of our childhood. And this week, Allie showed me 1985's St. Elmo's, Elmo's Fire. Fire. I did not know we were saying this in unison. It is that a unison really moment. really messed me up. Oh, good. Directed by acclaimed uh, Batman and Robin director Joel Schumacher. <laughs> and um... I'm laughing already. <laughs> oh, well, I'm glad someone is. We haven't even started and I'm already losing it. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. I think it's because I think it's because I have a friend who told me that he slept with Joel Schumacher and he was terrible in bed. So. Okay. 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 <laughs> I really wish we'd have discussed this before going on the podcast and airing out your friend's dirty, I completely forgot dirty about laundry. That. <laughs> oh, that was good. Times. I have no idea how much laundry, the laundry was dirt, made dirty from that. Um, I don't think I don't think my friend actually listens to our podcast. Okay, that, no, I, no, I meant Joel Schumacher might listen. <laughs> look, I look, I I may want to work in this town again, Allie. <laughs> I've already made powerful enemies in Fisher Stevens and uh, the entire cast of Girls Just Want to Have Fun. Exactly, you got a real problem there. Um, okay, I'm pretty so. sure Stallone isn't going to hire me anytime soon. So, but he might hire me. He might. He, he, oh, yeah. You have a beloved. Only a little bit. <laughs> and cut. No. The pizza with scissors. <laughs> no! No, I walked into that. No. And you just walked into my elbow, literally. <laughs> Allie just literally slammed her head into my elbow. <laughs> Which thankfully didn't hurt me much. So don't worry, walk- folks. Oh. I'm largely okay. Are you okay? God, how did I walk into that? That was so bad. Because you're tired. Because we're recording this too late at night. Uh, for us, it too must many be, weeks away from when we yeah, watched the too, movie. Yeah, we, we, we watched the movie so long ago. Oh my god! And it would be one thing if this movie—I don't know—had a plot it was linear in any way. Yeah. Okay, Ali. Let's, let's, let's before we go too far. Yeah. Let's go ahead and uh, let's elevator pitch this movie. Okay. All right. Um, would you like to go first? I absolutely would not, but I've decided to be nice because I've thrown you under the bus mm-hmm. like five movies in a row. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, next next time it's gonna be you. Uh, of course it <laughs> but, is. Um, okay, so um, what if everything good about the Breakfast Club, which isn't altogether that much, was taken out? We keep half the cast. We make them play mostly less likable people. We add some more unlikable people, and then. I don't know. We just sort of film it for a while until it stops. Yeah, that's a, that sounds like a winner. Yeah. Loser, winner. Loser, okay, that winner. was weird. No, stop. Uma, <laughs> Oprah, whatever. Oh, yeah. We're Uma, doing that again. Uma, Oprah. Yes, that's not oh, – no, we already, we've already made Uma, Oprah jokes. Oh, only I said it wrong. Um, yeah, anyway, um, okay. now you got to pitch this Oh, God, bitch. okay. Pitch it, pitch right, it, pitch here, it. Here I go. So uh, a group of friends oh, – Like the TV show Friends? No. A group of friends. Are you sure? A group of friends. Are you sure it's not like the TV show Friends? A group of friends graduate college 
and go into the real world. And then what we do is we take they don't ideas. They grow or change we like on the show Friends. Are you going to let me do my own Okay, I'm sorry. I thought I, I'm sorry. As an executive, I was getting into your pitch for the show Friends. <laughs> go on. And then we take a bunch of ideas, cut them up, Throw them into a hat. Oh, like Brian Geisen's uh, uh, style of uh, cut-up writing uh, that was that Burroughs did. Sure, and we. Well, we used it. We choose out of we a hat. Choose out of a hat. I, I can't see I, that gesture That's is the universal gesture for pulling out of things a hat. out of a hat. Oh no! Different actually, you're scenes. pulling a huge handkerchief now. <laughs> oh my god! This is a magician's hat. Oh, there's a rabbit. There's the rabbit. Okay. Oh um, my god! <laughs> the rabbit. The rabbit was hanging, hanging off the handkerchiefs. Oh, you had so much to live for, Fluffy. And these scenes, we will somehow piece them together in a delightful puzzle of vignettes, and that will be our movie. Wow, this movie might stop, might be great if it was directed by Robert Altman. Yes. It was not directed by Robert Altman, though. We should, we should make sure that everybody... But it was kind of a backdoor pilot for Friends, as I... As I, as we, I we, should, we should make sure that we put mics on everybody. Okay. Yeah, you just... You, 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 you're taking the part I don't want to take. Why, why are you yes-anding the worst part of what I said? <laughs> I'm trying to bring us back to the movie. So what about Friends? This movie, this movie kind of feels like a backdoor pilot to a very bad, like, a very bad version of Friends. Like, it's just, it's an ensemble cast of young, pretty people who kind of date each other and kind of don't. And I'm sorry, nobody's... I'm sorry, a whole bunch of white pretty people. Well, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. I mean, I said Friends. <laughs> I thought it was, we could take it as Red. I mean... But, like, yeah, the only person I can think of exactly one African-American person that was on Friends. I didn't watch enough Friends to be sure, certain, but uh, what's her name that hosted uh, The Soup for a while? Uh, Aisha oh, Tyler. oh, yeah. Uh, she's the only person I think I, you know, <laughs> she's the only person of color I can even picture on that show. Well, and, and in St. Elmo's Fire, the only person of color was the prostitute. Yep. Yep. Welcome to the it, 80s. It was the 80s. Uh, you know, she was uh, also the want, wisest person in the entire movie. Uh, almost magic yes. in her almost wisdom. Ma- almost, almost magic, magic in, in her, her wisdom. wisdom. Yes. yes. Um, you know, we're getting way ahead of ourselves Are we? here. Um, so anyway, this movie begins. I mean, do you really want to do this all night? I do. I do. I want to ask you a question. Am I really getting ahead of myself of a movie that has no plot? Am I really? All right, you're getting behind the movie, which is what's worse. Oh, God. <laughs> anyway. Let's just forget this. Let's just anyway, talk about movie. Parasite. <laughs> anyway, no. <laughs> no, I, I, I really, I, I can't, I can't. I know what I think about Parasite. I, this movie, I've got to work through. <laughs> so anyway, this movie begins, uh, you know, with a cat, uh, with, a, with, with the bratest of packs all walking arm in arm. Smash cut! To an accident scene. Yeah. Well, a hospital. A hospital. You hear a, cra- a crash and a flash. Ah. And uh, yeah, man. Uh, you know, you, you should have been so excited about my thing. A I, crash I, and a flash and a gash and a bash. No, no, no. No, no, no music. Crash and a flash no, and a bash. No, I'm not paying rights to, I don't know, uh, the random schizophrenic person that came <laughs> up with that music. Um, <laughs> I'm not paying rights to Wesley Willis for your uh, stuff. Anyway, um, so anyway, uh, it begins with a car crash and a, an obese naked man walking around. Yes, there is no beast naked man. You're looking at me like I'm crazy, but that, one of the first things you see in this movie after a after a beautifully posed picture of the people fades into a crash and everyone running in, there is just a random naked dude walking around the hospital. I don't remember that. Yeah, dude, it is. It, it, how could you not remember? It is not a small man. It would he have, is very nude. It would have been in my notes. Well, it's in mine. 
<laughs> there was a you couldn't see it, but I just pointed to my notes where it says naked fat dude car crash. So trust me, like it was a very large I, man I, I and very cellulite riddled behind, roaming aimlessly around the, the in the background for much of the first scene of this movie. Um, I'm sorry, we did say that this was directed by Joel Schumacher. Yes. Okay. But, but I'm saying, no, no, Joel Schumacher, no, when Joel Schumacher adds in men's asses, normally they are attractive men's asses. This was not, right. unless you have very specific tastes, this was, generally speaking, not a particularly attractive ass. So are you saying that this is similar to... This was no male gaze at This all. was no male gaze, so this was more similar to the weird guy dressed up in a bear costume giving a blowjob to somebody... <laughs> Allie just learned about this scene that she had forgotten in The Shining. Somehow she's seen The Shining, but she had no idea what I was talking about, and I showed her the, the, the gif of the bear blowjob guy um, from uh, from The Shining, and like it blew her mind. Just blew well, her mind. Well, apparently it blew the other guy's mind, too. The other guy was a ghost, by the way, because it was a ghost blowjob. I'm bringing full circle so we can talk about the movie now. You know, what's funny is I, we've been putting off doing this because I've been very, very tired. I'm like, Allie, I'm really tired, but I'm going to really try to soldier through it tonight. And all Allie wants to do is change the subject so I can't get through this fucking... <laughs> I'm so tired, y'all. Y'all, it is 8.46 p.m. It is so far past my old man bedtime. You guys want to know how to torture John? You're looking at it. Yeah. Okay. Show him St. Elmo's Fire? Exactly. Work. Anyway, so... Uh, uh, we, we, we're introduced to our cast, which is essentially mostly the core of the Brat Pack. I feel like this this movie and The Breakfast Club really are kind of the two movies where, like, yeah. pretty much that assembled the Brat Pack. This is coming after The Breakfast Club. I actually thought it was before The Breakfast Club for years. I don't know why. I don't know why you thought that. But, um, but it, it does have three of the cast members from uh, from Breakfast Club Why don't you list them? Um, Emilio Estevez. Ooh, the Esty. Judrick Q. Nelson. The, the Nels. And... Allison Sheedy? Alexandra. No, they're both. She's an Alexandra, too. Thank you very much. Alexandra Sheedy. Sheed. She doesn't spell Allie, right? She spells no, it like Ally. Yeah. Because, Ally Sheedy. Because she's dumb. Hey, man. Whoa, whoa, <laughs> whoa, whoa. I have largely positive feelings about Allie no, Sheedy Allie as a she, person. She seems decent. She seems decent. I've never... I've never disliked a performance of hers, even though I haven't liked a lot of the movies I've seen I, her in. I, yeah, and I was about to say, like, she's not... She's not... I, she's an interesting person. I think she's a better actor than Molly Ringwald, but I don't think she has as much charisma yes, as Molly Ringwald. Yes, yes, I agree. Um, but anyway, anyway, going back. Anyway, those are the three. Um, you know, Emilio Estevez, by the way, has never. I was going to say he never looked more Martin Sheenish, but actually, he's never looked more Joe Estevez, like mm. <laughs> his his uncle, uh, renowned for multiple mystery science movies, um, than he did at the beginning of this movie. Well. There's something. He's just got a big case of Sheen face mm. slash Estevez face. Mm. Um, that whole family really looks related. I like, Yeah, yeah. Like, Charlie's the furthest outlier. He still looks a lot like them. Yeah. Um, it's a very, very, very similar. Like the well, Barrymore's. I think Charlie highlight. looks the most like Martin Sheen. Oh, Emilio looks like so? a clone of Martin Sheen. I mean, yeah, but <laughs> but I think Charlie looks like Martin Sheen. You can still, t- still tell that he's this kid. Well, yeah, they definitely look related. Yeah. That's my whole point, is they look, they look remarkably similar. M- more so than, well, okay. But the Baldwins, I think Alec and Billy look the most alike. Right, yeah, Stephen and then looks Stephen sort of looks like yeah, he looks like a weird. And then I don't remember the, the I don't I don't remember the fourth Baldwin brother. There's I know it's not there. Adam Baldwin. He's just a weird right wing asshole. Um, Is that true? Yeah, oh. Adam Baldwin. Yeah, yeah, he's like one of the main forces behind Gamergate. Oh yeah, screw that. Yeah, guy. he's the one who played Jane on uh, on uh, Firefly. Yes. 
Yeah. yeah. So apparently the character is not too far removed from the actual human being. Oh, so um, shocker. <laughs> for the proof that Joss Whedon sucks, he can't yeah, even fucking yeah. create a character. Oh, 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 am I going to dunk on Joss Whedon for an hour? No. You know, I'm I would not, like to I'm work in this, talk about in this town again. Well, Joss Whedon's pretty much not working much either. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you have to worry about that. You know, I don't know if you want to work for him, judging, no, I, for judging sure by from what I've heard. Anyway, I've heard. so yeah, the, the main core cast is Emilio Estevez, Rob Lowe, Andrew McCarthy, Demi Moore, Judd Nelson, Ali Sheedy, and Mayor? Winningham, yeah. Mary, Mayor, 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 Mayor. I just looked it up. According to Wikipedia, it's Mayor. Mayor Winningham. I just I, like she has, she has one of those names that the way she spells it, it could be mm-hmm. you know pronounced differently. But anyway, yeah, it is you know. So it, like most of them, uh, Mayor Winningham notwithstanding, most of them kind of feel like the core of the Brat, Brat Pack. I feel like Mayor Winningham kind of got a bum deal in the Brat Pack stuff. You know yeah. what? It probably was better for her. Ultimately, yes. Ultimately, I think we'll, she We'll get back role. to her on our other podcast yes, later. Yes, we will. Um, anyway. Um, That's a teaser for so anyway, but welcome don't back listen to, to our other podcast. But, but, but welcome back to the podcast, Emilio, Rob, and Andrew, all of whom have been in um, other movies of ours. Emilio, of course, in Repo Man. Yes. and was he, in, was he in something else? Oh, he was in uh, Outsiders. Outsiders. Rob Lowe was also in Outsiders. Yep. And Andrew McCarthy was, of course, in a movie that I still am not sure exists, even though I've seen it, Miniker Gang. Um... Anyway, but the, what ended up happening, we are literally 14 seconds into this movie, and we're probably like 32 minutes into the podcast, but um, Rob Lowe was drunk, driving around with uh, Mayor Winningham's character. I'm going to end up... Yeah. Oh, Allie's going to use their correct names. I'm just going to use the actor names, because I did not really learn any of the characters' names while watching this movie. And it's not surprising that you didn't. They don't really t- say them that they often. They say them, but, they, but first of all, Allie Anyway, Soda Pop. I'm going to call him Soda Pop. That's fine, because Allie Sheedy's character... Her name is Leslie. We don't hear her name called until like halfway through the movie. Is she ever named in the movie? Yeah, she is. Leslie. Okay. Inter- interesting. Yeah. Um, so, wow. So, yeah, Rob Lowe, Soda Pop, is, uh, he's a... Uh, Which, as you can see, I have this blank space there for oh, most for, for, of yeah, it. Yeah, for most... Yeah, like... So, anyway, like, like let's, let's... I guess before we start the movie, I know we just, start, just started it, but just so we get the, the characters down really fast, yeah. I'm not going to do anything other than a very quick, quick broad stroke yeah. thing of all the characters. Okay. Emilio Estevez plays a guy who is... Uh, he plays Emilio Estevez. Emilio Estevez works... He's a law student... I think he gra- he's going to go to he's trying to he's, I think he's planning to go to law school. Yeah. They just they all just graduated. They all just graduated. They all just graduated undergrad. Yeah, I guess. And I guess. Uh, he like he's going to going going into law school to become a lawyer or is it med school? No, it's law school. It's law school. He changes his mind after. Yeah, he changes his mind a couple. We'll yeah. find out. But anyway, yeah, his whole thing is he's going to be obsessed to a dangerous degree with to a uh, stalker degree to a stalker degree with Andy McDowell and what this might be her first big role. I did not know she was in this movie. Like the first thing I remember Annie McDowell being in was Green Card, which I never saw, but I remember they like really were. That was the movie that was supposed to bring Gerard Depardieu to America, yeah. and it just never really worked out. Ah. And then uh, in in grief and grief at his inability to break America, Gerard Depardieu then exploded into a uh, Macy's parade balloon over the years. Um, mm-hmm. In fact, that might have been him in the background naked. Um, uh, man, that's are, mean and fat phobic. Really I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna stop. Nice. I'm gonna stop. That's not very nice. Although no. Gerard Depardieu is kind of an ass, from what I've heard. So fuck it. Um, wow. No. Um, but um, he's gonna be very weird and stalkery about Annie McDowell for most of the movie. Uh, Rob Lowe, uh, Soda Pop, plays uh, Billy. 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 Oh my god, I got it right. I got it right. Uh, that's the last time you're gonna hear me call him out. I'll probably call him Soda Pop because I think I wrote Soda Pop in my notes for most of it. Uh, he's a musician. He was a frat boy, but he's like any any. And he continues the uh, the '80s Schumacher tradition of uh, you know one earring. Well, no saxophone players, sweaty saxophone players. <laughs> He's a saxophone player in a rock band. 
if you've seen... And he's an irresponsible... He's a, he's a guy who... Like, it's weird because he's a frat boy, but he's also kind of like the rocker dude, which is not really... Like, my experience with college, at least in the South, is frat boys are more, like, preppy. Yeah. And, like, rocker types don't tend to be frat boys. But, you know... If you've seen The Lost Boys... Yeah. And then you've seen Jason Patrick after he half turns. Oh, yeah. Rob, but that oh is God, literally what Do we think Rob Lowe is a half vampire yes, in this movie? Yes, I do. That would explain so much. Wouldn't it? That would totally explain so much. But Rob Lowe is basically playing a, a weird... Uh, through the arc of the movie, he's kind of weirdly almost one of the central characters, although it's an ensemble movie. Yeah. He might be. He might be the weirdest mix of, if we're going to do Outsiders, he might be the weirdest mix of like... Matt Dillon's character, and oddly enough, um, Pony Boy. Mm-hmm. Like they're kind of like he's kind of like the sensitive artist, and he's also the fuck up. Yes, you know, agreed. You know, guy who's kind of a little too old to be doing what he's doing. Yeah. Um. So that, that then there's uh, Andrew McCarthy plays the guy that for most of the movie, Kevin. Uh, Kevin. Kevin um, Andrew McCarthy is the. The, everyone thinks he's a closeted gay man uh, due to a setup in a scene earlier in the movie, but is ultimately in love with someone else. Uh, we'll get to that. Um, Demi Moore plays his, his like one of his friends. Uh, well, they're all friends. They're but all friends. Demi, Moore, Demi Moore's the one who points out that she thinks he's gay. Demi yeah. Moore plays the rich girl who's like completely fucked up and uh, like has a huge drug problem and basically Jules, her Jules is her name. Jules, um, yeah. Like but anyway, Demi Moore plays uh, plays Demi Moore the. Uh, the person with a, a you know a severe substance abuse problems um, who's she's very rich and she's very flighty she has, she hates responsibility her stepmother who she calls the step monster all throughout real real clever ladies uh, is dying and her father's out of town and she's like having to deal with it and like she's basically trying to party her life away and does she well we'll find out will shall we, we? will we find um, out like- Anyway, Judd Nelson plays Judd Nelson, uh, who is, he's the preppy. He used to be the college Democrat chairman. Uh, he works in he works. Uh, he's but he just accepted a job with a Republican because it's 1985. His name is Alec. His, yeah, whatever. Judd Nelson. Um, oh, we didn't actually introduce um, uh, Emilio Estevez's character's name is Kirby. Kirby. Yes. I would just like to point out his name is Kirby. Kirby. He's Even only called call Kirby. Once. Only called Kirby in the movie, pretty much. And and then and then he's also called Kerbo. And never, then when they I've never heard him called Kerbo in the movie. He is. He's I listed as Kerbo in the credits. I've I never heard. I saw. I heard them. Call I heard them call him Emilio for the most part. <laughs> Maybe Otto once because they might they they, they stumbled uh, and accidentally called him Otto. Get out. But um, but Emilio Emilio is uh it, or you know or maybe maybe he was playing. Oh, Two bit <laughs> was that was that his character from Outsiders? Yes. Yeah. Two, anyway, two bit is. Uh, <laughs> I, anyway, Emilio is like, oh, you, you screwed me up. I'm going to Demi. Anyway, Demi Judd. Judd is the he's the preppy eight. Like he's the most like '80s sellout guy. He was a college Democrat his entire time. He started out working for a Democratic congressman or something, but he's just, now he's he just got a job for with a Republican senator. So he's switching over because it's the mid '80s and the Democratic Party was more abundant in 1985. Yeah. Um, like there was just, like you know they had just lost almost the entire country to Reagan, you know in the electoral uh, college. It was one of the biggest landslides in history. Uh, but um, and then Ali Sheedy plays Ali Sheedy. Uh, she's uh, she's Judd Nelson's girlfriend, and they've been Leslie. together. They've been together forever, um, and they they seem to be. They seem to be in the most in love and the most perfect couple, and she's an artist of some sort or a designer or something. They show her in front of a drafting table a few times. 
um, in in the giant, giant, giant apartment that uh, that she shares with with Judd Nelson. Um, and then Mayor Winningham is like the good girl. Uh, She's the good Jewish girl. Yeah, the good blonde Jewish. Yeah, the good incredibly waspy Jewish girl. She's Weird. so waspy, and then everyone else in the movie in her family is so obviously Jewish. Yeah. Like super. Like I was like, wait, is she Jewish? Like when her family's introduced, like before they like they established it eventually is obviously they're Jewish, like with context clues. But like when like when her family first appeared, and we'll get to that, I guess if we get like I have no if idea. We ever get through to this movie? Like. But, like, yeah, she is super waspy. But anyway, she's, like, the good, innocent girl. She's a virgin. She's totally in love with Billy. And I thought they were dating at first, the way it's implied. But Billy, which I didn't say, Billy's married and has a kid. Um, but, like, his marriage sucks and his wife and he don't really get along. And, and he cheats on her he constantly. Che- he cheats on her. She cheats on him. They don't really care for each other. They really shouldn't be married. And they just they end should up never, they, I think the only reason they're married is because they had a kid. Is my guess, yeah. uh, but anyway, like the, the most of the mer- most of the, the show about her is she's she comes from a very rich Jewish family, and she's lives she still lives at home and she's trying to get out from under their shadow and like you know live her. She life. works in like the public she, sector. Yeah, she works or... at like a, yeah she works for like a charity or something. Yeah. I can't. I am not sure one hundred percent. Like either that or, 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 yeah. yeah, she's at the it's either a not for profit or she's actually a social worker. I'm yeah. not one hundred percent sure. I you know I kind of zoned out. Um, but anyway, Mayor is Mayor is that, um, and that's. And that's that's it. And so anyway, Rob Lowe was drunk driving. We're back now. We're back. Rob yes. Lowe busted for drunk driving. Soda Pop and, was uh, driving drunk. And then uh, yeah, so, his name was you know, Soda Pop. More was like drinking. Soda Pop Pop, yeah. huh? Soda Popinski. Glug glug glug. Anyway, uh, Gaffney, South Carolina's own Andy McDowell is working at the hospital. Uh, and, She's a doctor. Um, and uh, she she is a doctor. And Emilio sees her, and it, she went to college with them. But she's, she was a few she's years older, older than like yeah. she. She was a senior, I think, when they were freshmen, yes. and Emilio had a, has apparently had a crush on her forever, and so he's that gets reignited. Emilio, by the way, Dale works Bieberman. in the Dale Bieberman. Yeah. Dale Bieberman. Yes, he says that a lot. Yes, it's very it's very annoying. obnoxious, and um, he's also um, oh I forgot to mention Emilio. Oops, excuse me, I got hiccups. Emilio works at St. Elmo's, the bar that they're at, which you'd think it'd be why the movie's called St. Elmo's Fire, but it might also be for a different reason later in the movie because this movie is extremely. I've got the hiccups. This is great. It's really good. And this movie is extremely <laughs> not organized. Like, you think this podcast is disjointed? It's pretty much like we're 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 actually doing this uh, inadvertently in the spirit of this movie. It's um, it's it's a shambles. It's then, basically a bunch of vignettes that they decided to. Li- I mean, I'm not joking. No, no, when the movie's I made entirely like, of vignettes. It's it's. It, I, I'm I'm just surprised that there weren't like swipe, uh, you know, swipes. Yeah, like Star Wars yeah, wipes. Yeah, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, like suddenly we're on Tatooine, and then, oh, oh, oh there's R2, he's alone, there's the Jawas, yeah. oh, swipe down, da, 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 and they're on, the, they're on the Death Star. Or like one of those that, back in the 80s, when they used to like, do like a, a, a hyper-focus into oh. a star. Oh, you know, what? yeah, a star, you mean a star wipe is what they call those. A, a star wipe? A star wipe. Is what star wipe? Star wipe. A star a stripe. wipe. A stripe. A star wipe. A stripe, that's the villain from Gremlins. Star wipe. Okay, we need to stop, because I'm, I'm already having trouble focusing, because I am tired. Uh, because has again, nothing it to do with your, no, it's nothing to do with your ADHD. Well, I, I'm sundowning. <laughs> <laughs> so, so anyway, before I lose track completely, yes. spe- you know the difference between this and Star Wars, which we alluded to, is that Star Wars has sets and a budget that makes sense. Uh, this 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 feels like a TV show so much throughout. Like it's for one thing, so it looks bad. it's it's it. I can't tell if they shot it on the street from Seinfeld, yeah, or if they shot it on. In Hill Valley, in Back to the Future, it's there's a lot of shots where very DC look. It looks really. I mean, there are obviously some real establishing shots in DC, 
but every night, but it's mixed in with a lot of se- obvious soundstage shots. Yeah, it's uh, weird. Shots. It's like, really weird. It's really weird. And really um, obvious. And, yeah, really obvious. Um, I guess I'm just going to kind of go through and try to remember by, through my notes what vaguely happens. I'm sorry. Um, I'm going to go through. I know, um, well, first of all, I know when Demi Moore shows up, I like, she, in this movie, she sounds older and more gravelly in this movie than she sounded like 10 years later. Yeah, that's because she was drinking and needed to go to rehab. Yeah, and it's well, it's weird because like I've saw like I there's a mystery science episode called uh, well the episode's called Master Ninja One, but it's it's from the TV show The Master, which I used to watch as a child religiously. It stars Lee Van Cleef as John John McAllister, the only Occidental Ninja. Um, terrible, terrible show. But um, but Demi Moore is in the pilot for that show, which was turned into a movie, which Mystery Science later riffed. Um, and she, that was 1983. This is 1985. Two years later, she had a rough 1984, I think. Mm-hmm. A very rough. I know she I know she was in rehab before Oh, yeah. This, but she sounds terrible. She, she was in rehab during the movie, like as the movie, yeah. right before the movie started yeah, shooting. Yeah, like she like, got yeah. cast, and then they made yeah, her I think, rehab. I think they had to, like, they, I, I think they had to, like, fight to get the cast they got. This movie uh, was uh, not... This is a movie that most people didn't want to make. Well, what's crazy about it is it became such a blockbuster hit, and it's such a, like, it's such a, it's, it, everybody. It's barely a movie. It's barely a movie. What's also crazy is that because, I think it was riding on the coattails of John Hughes, because it Which has, is wild, because John Hughes is in no way connected with this other no. than he recommended, apparently, the actors to Schumacher. Yeah. That, that, that were. But that's used. what I'm saying, is, like, I think that that's how this movie even got any because this came out right after Breakfast Club. Mm-hmm. So I think that it was riding on the coattails of John Hughes and Breakfast Club and those movies. And I think that's how it had any sort of staying power. Because if you watched this movie today, and we'll talk about this later, we kept looking at each other like, the, what? I've seen this movie, and I kind of remembered it. But it has no real... It has no real through line. Right. No, it doesn't. In it's, fact, everybody has a little story that kind of gets told. Yeah. So I almost feel like we should just tell everybody's little story. No, I'd rather not do that. Every time we do that, we end up forgetting events. Oh, God. Who cares? <laughs> it's movie. Because it, they, it. Cause then we have to go backwards. I'm just saying, let's go through and we'll, we'll kind of, you know, like, we'll, we'll, yeah, no, we'll, we'll get this. I want to actually, like, really quickly, speaking of that, uh, about Schumacher, since we're on here uh, and everything, I, before I forget... Um, a lot of people turned this script down, wow. which Schumacher Smart. wrote, co-wrote. Um, my favorite thing on the Wikipedia page here, it says, according to Schumacher, a lot of people turned down the script. The head of one major studio called its seven-member cast the most loathsome humans he had ever read on the page, which, I mean, he's not. He's not wrong. He's not wrong, per se. They're, they're, they, like I said, the cast of Friends. Yeah. Uh, like, no, like, this, this movie really feels like, you ever... I remember watching once. I've never actually seen Battlestar Galactica, but uh-huh. one time in the middle of the night, late at night, there was a, uh, I, I, I don't know why I watched it. It was just on and I was ha- barely awake and I was just watching it. There was like an, a thing that sh- distilled the first season of Battlestar Galactica into a single like one hour or so or half hour show. I think it was so that people could get caught up so they could watch the second season. Sure. So it was like narrator connecting the events and everything, and it was just clips and scenes and saying, and then this happened, and then this happened, and then showing bits and pieces of scenes. And this movie kind of felt like it was someone took a season of a primetime soap opera. Yeah. And like a 90210-ish kind of show. Yes. And just smooshed it into like a two-hour TV movie. Like it's just, it's very, it's it, it's very like, 
you know. The more we talk about this episodic. movie, the less I want to talk about this movie. I know, which is my plan. You see, now you're in my now you're in my territory. No, I mean, like I really, I like I literally just want to be like, here's what happened, here's what happened, here's what happened, and now let's really talk about why we didn't like this movie. <laughs> oh no! But, well, oh well, no! Don't ruin the question at the end. Spoilers. I'm sorry. Out. Was that a spoiler? So anyway, um, so anymore, Blake Clark. That's my next note. Blake Clark. Blake Clark plays the owner of the oh, of St. Elmo's. Right, yeah. He's he's a stand up, but that was a Vietnam vet, and I just I remember he was in that episode of uh, It's Gary Shandling's show, oh, yeah. where uh, his friend had the Vietnam flashbacks, and like they were lo- they lowered like Vietnam sets into that into the thing, like like you know it was done for comedy. I'm but sure. he was oh he was Gilda Radner's um, assistant. No, he wasn't his friend. He was he was Gilda Radner's personal assistant. Oh. That was in the Gilda Radner episode. Oh, oh my God! Ah, I think it was. I may be wrong. If I'm wrong, don't correct me, because who cares? This is the scene to Gary. The okay. scene to Gary show? Yeah, like, this, this is, is the reference to Gary show. show. This is the reference to Gary show. John is singing tunelessly to get us back on track now. Okay, so uh, let's see. Um, I love that you can you can sideline this podcast a hundred times. Let me tell you about this mystery science theater thing. Let me tell you about this thing from the Gary Shanley show. The minute that I try to like yes and any of the stuff that you do, you literally like, I'm, you're screwing up the whole podcast and you're making it, I'm going to bring us back and you segue off then you're back into Zone Zone Town. Hold on, I'm letting you finish this. Back into Zone Zone Town. See, this is why. This is why I'm bringing you back. I'm bringing you back so you don't have to accidentally like, so you, don't peter, so you don't peter out and run out of Peter Town. It's because Peter <laughs> I want to go to Battertown. Who runs Battertown? Remember that? Remember that little thing I tried to turn into an aside that no one paid attention to on the rest of this podcast? Remember that? You know, you're the only one who goes back and re-listens to that. I re-listened to them so I could actually remember what the fuck we made jokes about, so I could actually make like reference it again. But it never worked. You think that those are Easter eggs for the people who never re-listened to our podcast? No, it's Easter eggs for the people who listen to it. Con- yeah. our, 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 our obsessive fans. I know they're out there, right? 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 <laughs> Please write to us. Please. We feel very lonely out here. No, but anyway. Um, but anyway, um, let me see. Uh, yes. Wow. In the 2015, uh, I just noticed this. I'm sorry. Rob will win a Ra- Razzie Award for Worst Supporting Actor. Okay. Uh, uh, 2015 Retrospective Review, Justin Gerber of Consequence of Sound said he was prepared to say it's the worst movie of all time. With all the necessary stipulations lined up and accounted for, going under criticize the character's plot, set direction, and even score. Woo! Wow, we got to uh, Oh, here's some other good ones. Uh, David Denby called Schumacher brutally untalented, which mm-hmm. and said that nobody over the moral age of fifteen will like the work mm-hmm. of the Brad Pack actors in the film. It isn't drama; it's gossip and peculiarly early adolescent gossip. Yes. A movie designed to be picked apart on the telephone. Yes. Um. Wow. Um. Yeah. Anyway, so far I'm. In 100% agreement. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, Judd Nelson was miscast in this movie. Yeah. Just just badly cast. Well, I don't... And you know, here's the thing. I get it, because it's a chance to play someone. He had just played John Bender, you know, which... All right, we're probably never going to do Breakfast Club. I don't know. Like, yeah. it, we have, like it, we've both seen it a lot of times, yeah. and though it's kind of a major 80s movie, like, we have so many... Like, we only do, like, the every fifth movie, one we've both seen or one yeah. we haven't seen. We have so many... A huge backlog only, of that. I can't reason, imagine we'll ever get to it. The only reason that we would do something like that is if we started a Patreon and people wanted it. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah like, if you all clamored for yeah, it. Yeah, like, you're just, just really looking for the money, huh? Am, uh, in like, it for the money, not in it for the love of the game. Um, uh, for the donations, love of the sound of our own voices. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's... Anyway, uh, yeah, we should really set we should really really set up a Patreon that no that no one could listen to, <laughs> no one could pay for, and we yeah. could feel really bad about ourselves. You know, it's funny we actually do have a Patreon set up. Do we? I think I've mentioned this before. I set one up, 
and then forgot about it. And every now and then I get messages from Taryn at Patreon on my emails because I don't remember setting it up, but obviously I set it oh up. Oh my God, it's that's a, so funny. I, I, I don't know when I did it, I but like, yeah, we, we've never advertised really? it. Uh, we've, I, I need to actually kind of figure out where, like, where it is and maybe I'll let people do it. So anyway, Judd Nelson uh, as the responsible one, I, I feel like, again, oh, going back, uh, yeah. We're probably never going to do Breakfast Club, so I'm just having an aside here. I don't think it's that great a movie. I think it's an important yes, 80s movie yes. in a lot of ways. It doesn't hold up that well. Correct. But Breakfast Club is so much better than this. Yes. And Judd Nelson is so much better in Breakfast Club than this. So much better. Like in this movie, he's he's playing like like he's playing the guy with bonitis from Futurama. <laughs> like he's like he just. Like, he's even got the same outfit than yeah. him in, in some scenes. He's yeah. got that 80s power outfit. Yeah, that banker shirt where the lapels are a different color than the rest of the shirt. And, like, the yellow power tie. Was, wasn't Bonitis from... Futurama. No. Yes. No. Oh, yes. Was it? Yes. My one regret is that I, I have, have bonitis. bonitis. Oh, you're right. That, it is. Yeah, that song wasn't as safe as advertised. Do you know what I thought it was? Do you know what I thought? You know, uh, just, a, just a very quick moment here. Mm-hmm. I actually... I For some reason, I had... I had incorrectly in my brain remembered that the Bonitis thing wasn't the, the the robots melting in the future episode with Lisa. Yes, that's The Simpsons, yes. Yes. So you're saying you thought the robots died of Bonitis. <laughs> Their robot bones yes. melted <laughs> and became fire. And so that would be called Bonitis. <laughs> yes. That's what you're saying. Uh, that's the thing that you... An adult woman with two children might say to me, a fellow adult, while talking about St. Elmo's fire. I'm going to leave now. No, you're going to. Enjoy the rest of this podcast. Hey, is, isn't Soda Pop kind of a piece of shit in this movie for most of it? Yeah. He's a real piece of shit. He's a real piece of shit. Like, he's kind of our hero in, in, in parts of it, and the movie ends, uh, you know, if we ever get to the end of this, yeah. uh, you know, with kind of an uplifting thing involving him. Yeah. But he's kind of a jag. Yeah. He's a real shit. He's not a good person. He's that friend that you're kind of embarrassed by and you hope will do better. You know, and I guess I guess that's the excitement of he is like at the end of the movie it does look kind of like he might do a little bit better for himself, but no, he's a real piece of shit. Yeah, he's a real... The actual Soda Pop character is pretty good, decent yeah. dude. Really yeah. really upstanding. Soda Pop Soda Pop's awesome. Soda Pop works for a living, damn it. But this guy but don't. Billy, Billy, this guy Soda don't. Pop, Soda Pop Billy is not so good. Yeah, Billy no, this this Billy, this, Billy this Soda Pop sucks. Billy D's Soda Pop is not good. It's like Soda Pop in real life. Yes. You know, where, you know, sex tapes with underage people and, uh, you know, being weirdly right wing, you know. Is he? Uh, he said some, some dumb things recently. That's too I, bad. Yeah. Like, like most of the cast of uh, Community, you don't really want to actually hear him talk in public. Community? Not Community. The other Parks one. Parks and Rec. Parks and Rec, thank you. The other show. Yeah, the other show. <laughs> the other TV, the only other TV show. Um, so yeah, um, and also this movie. Uh, the, I'm just going to be as random in this movie. That's I'm just going to, like, whatever my notes say. Sounds so this, this movie, uh, it's less homoerotic than most Schumacher movies. Oh my God. But no less horny. Yes. It's a very, very horny, horny movie. movie. And I'm thinking maybe it's because Schumacher was still early in his career. Like, weirdly enough, the only gay character in this movie isn't really gay. They just make you think he's gay for a while. Well, one of the main characters. There is actually a gay character in the movie. Oh, no, there is. Yeah, that dude from uh, Not Necessarily the News. Yes. And the, 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 the you're not dealing with AT&T commercials. Yes. Is this Phoenix? No, it's Fiji. Fiji. You know, uh, you know anyone anyone fucking like, old enough to remember that commercial probably is listening to, isn't listening to this podcast. But <laughs> no, they are not. <laughs> uh, so anyway, yeah. Um, so yeah, like, 
I, I already mentioned that this thing feels like a. I'm just going through my notes now. Yeah. I, I already mentioned this thing feels like a backdoor pilot to Friends. Uh, it, it, it kind of this is to the movie Friends the way Stalag Seventeen is to Hogan's Heroes mm. in a way. Like like all right, Stalag Seventeen actually has a character named Schultz. You know, but and you know, but other than that, it's like it's other than that, like it's not a comedy. Yeah. Though it has humorous moments, and it's you know. Well, I wouldn't say this is better than Friends. We're kind of going a lateral move here. Stalag 17 is actually a legitimately great movie, and Hogan's Heroes is a terrible sitcom mm. that is really misguided uh, in its topic matter. Um, though it is a movie about being in a concentration camp that has a lot of humor in it. Um, I mean, it's ultimately a drama. There's just there's comedic moments in it. But it's a prisoner of war camp. Yeah. Not a, that's the difference. Technically, technically, Hogan's Heroes is also a prisoner of war camp, too. So, yeah. Uh-huh. Anyway. So anyway, but it, it has that same sort of feel. It's like it's like there's a lot of parallels between it. There's a lot of characters, uh, you know, that where you're like, oh, this guy's kind of the Ross, and this guy's, mm-hmm. you know, this guy's the Joey, you know. Um, I don't actually know that I can really map them. I'm kind of kidding about that. But, I know. Uh, although I think Billy is kind of the Joey. Sure, except Joey's a much more decent person. Yeah, I know, but but well, yeah, but but then uh, Judd Nelson is kind of the Ross, and Ross is. Well, Ross is terrible, and Judd Nelson's character is terrible. Yeah. Um, uh, who's the Phoebe then? Because um, Phoebe's like the only member of the cast of Friends who's like seems like a person I might actually want to spend time with in public. I mean, I think that the it, in a in a weird way, it's probably Jules. Yeah, yeah, because they both you know they both live in the streets. No, 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 no. Jules is rich. Uh, well, Jules is kind of a mix between uh, between Rachel and uh, Monica. And Monica. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, God, why do I know so much about Friends? This I hate really that sad. show. Let's continue. This is the worst episode we've ever done, which makes sense because this movie. Where this movie? So everything in this movie is so 1980s. It hurts. Yeah, lots of smoking like, in it's bars. Like, lots of smoking in bars. Lots of just. It's like. It's so 1985, and 1985 is such a pivotal year, and it is so that, though. Yeah. It is, it's, it's like the last vestiges of an America that isn't, like, super Reagan conservative. Yes. Like, everyone's turning. And the movie even has characters turning Republican like werewolves. Yes. Yeah. You know? Or vampires. Yeah. And then, ah. oh, and, oh, the one thing I, I, I did, do like, uh, and Jules, um, Jules at one point is like crashing at uh, at their at uh, uh, the the couple, uh, Mar- not Mary Winningham, um, no, Ali Sheedy, Ali Sheedy and Judd. Yeah. You know, like uh, yeah, Demi's crashing with him for a while because uh, like her, she's having fights with her family and and and, and everything sucks, and uh, and and she, um, but anyway, like they live they live in a really cool loft. Then we find then uh, Demi lives in also a really crazy '80s ass because she's super rich. She lives in this wild like like neon dayglow pink painted apartment with a giant Billy Idol mural yeah. with n- random pieces of neon in the hair. So weird. It is crazy, and that's where she ends up talking to Andrew McCarthy. Yes, and Andrew McCarthy is like. He's, up he's until, a writer. Up for, for two-thirds of this movie, Andrew McCarthy is the only character I thought was likable. Right. Like, every other character by 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 20 minutes in the movie, it's like, oh, fuck this person. Yep. Well, no, all right, Ali Sheedy. Ali Sheedy doesn't really fuck this person either. She's just there, you know. Okay. Uh, you know, but, like, she doesn't really, her character doesn't really do anything to be hateful. Well, until the end. Until the end, yeah. 
Yeah, you know, like I guess Mary Winningham too. But Mary, Mary Winningham's the only really good person. But she's I mean. legitimately the only good person. Legitimate. But, that's but, why she's, but never she's not there interesting, and right. she's and she's barely in the movie for most. Yeah, of it. she, she really pops isn't. up here and there, you know. But like Andrew McCarthy is like a running character, and he's the only one out of the main group who's not irritating as all hell. Yeah, you know, because he's, he, he's a writer and he's kind of cynical. He doesn't believe in love, and th- but anyway. Um, Ali Sheedy comes to him and says, I know why you don't believe No, not Ali Sheedy. Not Ali Sheedy. Demi Moore. Demi Moore, thank you. Demi Moore. <laughs> thank you for getting the name right. You're welcome. <laughs> Demi Moore comes up and says, you don't believe in love because you, you have, you're in love with someone because you're gay. You're yeah. in love with Judd Nelson. Yeah. And he kind of is like, no, 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 no. no. But, it's, but it's completely played off. And for most of the movie, like, you think his arc is that he's going to be a closeted gay man. Right. And that he's in love with his best friend. You know, but actually, it turns out he's in love with Ali Sheedy. He is the person that Rick Spring, like I guess Judd Nelson's Rick Springfield. Yeah. Or no, no, I'm not. No, 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 no. No, he's no. Yeah, he is Rick Springfield, and Judd Nelson is, uh, I guess, Rick Ocasek of the Cars. Yeah. Because those two songs are kind of like the same. They're kind of like the they're they're kind of like you know the 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 flip sides of each other. But um. But yeah, like, because he's actually in love with Ali Sheedy, and that'll come out later. And oh, but he doesn't stand a chance there because hey, cool Judd Nelson and nerdy uh, whatever, so we won't even worry about that. Um, and oh my, yeah. Uh, so yeah, anyway, you know, like, and she's trying to set uh, Ali uh, uh, Demi Moore is trying to set Andrew McCarthy up uh, with uh, you know Binnaker. Uh, Binnaker's going to be set up with with her, not necessarily the news uh, gay designer. Friend named Ron. No, he's a neighbor. He lives across the hall. Yeah. And he's a friend now. Well, I guess he's a friend, yeah, but like it's also like named Ron. Yeah. And uh and then Emilio but so anyway, like jumping back, because this is like they like this just jumps. Like nothing ever goes in. Literally, no joke. There really should be swipes in between some of these. Anyway, then we jump to Emilio. He's actually managed to he's contacted um Dale Beaverman. Dale, uh, Andy McDowell. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you. I couldn't remember who, 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 who she was. Thank you for saying Dale Beaverman. That reminded me that mm-hmm. Dale Beaverman played the character of Andy McDowell. Yes. And well, actually, with Andy McDowell, you're kind of... <laughs> you kind of are getting the character of Andy McDowell. No, but she's... No, that's not fair. That's, that's, not, that's not kind. Um, but Andy McDowell uh, uh, has been asked out on a date by Emilio, apparently. Or she might not even know it's a date. She I think she it's thinks it's just let's get together. Yeah, she thinks uh, it's just like... And he's like, he's weird and creepy about everything. He like goes to the restaurant early. It's weird. Like he like it, he's real pushy with the waiter. And she, uh, it, it, he is as awkward on this date as his brother is on any given Tuesday. Yeah. Like it is. He is weird and creepy and pushy. Um, and she ends up leaving early because she gets a call from the hospital. Right. And has to go. And he so he's like he's like he is just like in a different movie. That was more of a teen sex comedy. His character would be the guy who's getting blue balled the whole thing, and that the comedy is him just trying to get laid. And in a horror film, he would play the same character. Yeah, with different music cues. Yes, it's really weird how badly stalkery he becomes in yeah. this whole movie. It is like, unacceptable. It's unacceptable. It is. Un- like it's, it, it makes me mad. And what really is unacceptable about this is the fact that I know from other movies. Depending on the depending on the part he's given, Emilio Estevez can play a very likable guy. Yes, and oh, it's just like this guy is hateful. He's not good. He's a bad character. He's a bad character because, because we're supposed to root for him, and yet I wanted nothing. Yeah, yet nothing good to happen for him. Yeah, like like ultimately he gets what is almost a happy ending. Yeah, 
Like the closest. He gets thing, a satisfied ending. He gets us. Yeah, he's yeah. He gets to be <coughs> pleased by his outcome, and I'm mad at that. I am too. This movie. This is something that I think dates this movie. I feel like yeah. you cannot have this character. No. You can't have what he did. You, you can't, can't have his have actions. This, you can't have these you actions. You have a guy that's like interested in a woman, like that's fine, but and you can't have you, what he does. Right. Like and like like the thing is in a romantic movie comedy, sometimes you get these guys that exhibit stalker behaviors. Yeah. And you you forgive Lloyd Dobler, you know, mm-hmm. or whoever, mm-hmm. you know. But like this it's like he's just like I mean the movie doesn't flinch from him being a stalker. It just doesn't portray it as nearly as it portrays it as pathetic not as scary well and what i was gonna say is that at least with lloyd dobler you know that she also loves him back it's a different like in this one she's clearly told him that she's not interested yeah she's told him he's, she's not interested in multiple ways at multiple times and done the really like oh i'm just gonna the talk. fact that, the fact is she she in in all honesty and i i mean this is realistic because a lot of women do this because they don't want to like get into a situation where they have an angry man exactly. rejected. Exactly. Although it doesn't like, like it's never presented in that. I'm, I'm bringing context. That's not in the movie yes. to this. Like from I my don't. own knowledge. I'm I no, don't. I'm just making it yeah. clear that like this movie doesn't make it clear like that in the world of this movie. There is no reason whatsoever for her to be as nice to him as she Agreed. is. Like she doesn't have to see him. Yeah. He like, keeps finding ways. He's to... like, he's, he's following her, but she's not, she doesn't have to even like she encourages him more than she even needs to. Yes. And like I get the idea that like, oh, I don't want to like get this guy angry, but she's actually like several like she like hospitals she have security. Him, right, and she invites him over. Like she point, lets him into in her, her house. Like, like yeah, she she like she does things with him that like she shouldn't. And I mean there's like the the outcome of this kind of implies why. You know, but well, go ahead and tell it because at yeah. this point it doesn't matter. Yeah, that's true. I'm probably gonna forget to do it. Yeah, he ends up like driving up to her to like this place. He throws she, a party for her. He throws at, a party for her at like at this rich uh, Korean businessman played by a guy who didn't look particularly Korean. Um, like, um, like he's like a rich lobbyist. Yeah. That like they like I swear to God the movie said like uh, said he was a monster, monster the first time he showed up. Yeah. And, like that was when Rob Lowe was working for him. Right. And Rob Lowe fucked up, and so Emilio stepped in. And Emilio, basically, the moment this guy left town, threw a huge party in his place for her. But she doesn't show up, and he finds out she went skiing. So he leaves his own big, huge party, like, drives off in, uh, uh, in, in well, this is so knit together, Mayor Winningham's LeBaron yeah. that her father bought her so that she, because she agreed to marry a Jewish guy. <laughs> the stupidest thing. Fuck this movie. this movie. Anyway, sucks. anyway, he drives up and then, like, and it, it's snowing and he, the car gets stuck and she meet, he meets her boyfriend. Yeah. That she was on a ski trip with, and that's why she didn't go to the party, you know. And, she probably didn't even remember. And that he has to party. stay overnight with them, and it yeah. ends with basically they they get like he takes a picture of the two of them together. The, the boyfriend, the takes boyfriend it, takes yeah. a picture of the two of them together. Sorry, yeah. And then when he the boyfriend leaves, she and Emilio like Emilio kisses her. That happens before the picture. Because, before the picture, because when the picture comes, oh, up, that's right. Looks all satisfied. No, that's right. Yeah. The picture's taken. The end. That's right. Yeah. Yes, he leaves to get the camera. That's right. That's what it is. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, he leaves to get the camera. Emilio kisses her, but she kisses back. He like bends, like he does like the, a very dip. dramatic dip and kisses her, and she makes a comment right before you know this all happens because she you know finds out that he obviously rode up there because he really likes her and she's like you know maybe i'm the one that's going to be saying in a few years that i'm you know that that i missed out and that you know i i should don't encourage your stalker i mean what are you crazy and and he she says that to him and that's when he dips her down kisses kisses her her. but she does kiss back yeah 
which is gross. gross. And the, so he ends up leaving with a smile on his face. It's and so fuck gross. him. Fuck him so hard. It's just oh. bad. It's anyway, bad um, so um, then we go back to Kevin, back in time to when Kevin shows up at uh, at Judd Nelson and Ali Sheedy's yeah, house. Yeah, they invite him for dinner. They invite him for dinner, and she's cooking because Judd is Judd doesn't cook, and she's becoming the more she lives with Judd, the more she's becoming a housewife. Yeah, and she doesn't want to be because she, she doesn't want to be. Wants her career. And she doesn't want him to be a Republican, but that's what's happening, and she's kind of weirded out by it. Um, and he's in, he's asked her to marry him. Yeah, and she won't marry him. And the thing is, he's having affairs. Yes. That's the other thing. He's, he's he not He goes out to him. buy her something at a lingerie store and ends up screwing the, the person yeah. standing up in the yeah. dressing room. Yeah, it's, it's, so it's, it's wild because it's like, because he wants her to, he wants to marry her for the status of marriage more than for the relationship. Right. And, um, but anyway, Kevin uh, shows up and he's, by the way, uh, you, you know, Kevin's probably not actually gay. He's wearing plaid and camo together. Yeah, that is no fashion no. sense. And there's actually a cool thing where he takes over cooking for her, and he's just smoking. And he's like, like hanging over the wa- the walk. Yeah. <laughs> like I think he does. He actually into the walk at the, at at the end of it. Yeah. At the end of it. Yeah. It's really good. like he's just sitting there with a cigarette hanging in his mouth, cooking. And I, that, that well, was he's like pissed one because the... they were because 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 uh, Judd Nelson's like, oh, I you know I bought you. Yeah, Judd Nelson tells tell yeah. Yeah, doesn't Judd Nelson tell him? Yeah, Judd Nelson tells, tells him. That's how we find out about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, that, about the cheating. And um, and, and then uh, he has uh, Ali Sheedy put on the thing that he bought that he basically had this sales girl model for him and then ended up screwing her. In this yeah. Thing. He's so Which gross. Is, he's I so, can't he's even so gross. And then we cut to Ali Sheedy, not Ali Sheedy, to uh, other one. Demi Moore. Mm-hmm. Half a Moore. Half a Demi Moore. A Demi Moore. Yes. Um, Demi. <laughs> Whatever. Remember, was that a phase? Did she yes. go back to being Demi again? Yes. Okay. Uh, like David Mamet. <laughs> oh my God, that's so ridiculous. But anyway, uh, like yeah, like like there's a there's a scene where she calls uh, Judd Nelson. Uh, I think maybe that same night she calls Judd Nelson from this hotel that she's at. She's at this hotel with these Arabs. Yeah. She talks about and Judd Nelson shows up to to take her away because she's worried they're gonna like rape her. She's been doing coke with them all night and it's just a bunch of guys in suits with the Arab uh, cafe. I think it's called yeah. or whatever it's called on the heads. Like, and they're just sitting around watching TV. Yeah. And like Judd Nelson MTV. just comes in. They're watching MTV, and Judd Nelson just comes in and drags her off. And she is coked to the gills. Um, and she wants to keep doing coke all night. Yeah. Like, I think he leaves her, and then she just goes out and continues to party or yeah. something stupid. She calls somebody else. She calls somebody else. And then um, and then we get Mayor Winningham working in her social work, whatever, welfare office. And we get this, oh, my God, fuck this movie's politics because it's fucking 1985. We have what is obviously supposed to be welfare chiefs. Yep. It's really terrible. How much money do I get for these kids? Yeah, it's so gross. It's gross. And it's so clearly un... Yeah. Yeah. And then Soda Pop gets fired from his job. Um, That Alec got for him. And then he gets the job with the crazy non-mobster mobster mobster dude. That's actually just a Korean lobbyist, apparently. Um, And then he loses that job because he, he ends up... The guy comes home early and he's having sex with somebody in his hot tub. And then Martin Balsam! Yes. Martin Balsam plays Mayor Winningham's dad. Yes. Oh, it's nice to see Martin Balsam. It was Balsam. really nice to see him. And, you know, nice him to see him. Old, I didn't even know he was still alive nice in the Nice him to see I honestly did not realize Martin Balsam was still alive in the mid-80s. I thought he died in the 70s. Um, so, uh, But Martin Balsam plays her Jewish father. Uh, and what's her name? I can't remember the actress's name. Who played her mother? I but, don't remember. But her mother does the most stereotypical, like, it's the one thing Jewish mothers and Southern uh, mothers have in common. She whispers cancer. Yeah, which I feel like they stole that from. 
Doesn't that get like, sp- that, that's in everything? It's yeah, an old cliche true. joke, it's you know. Like they, I already had cancer, <sighs> you know. Which, yeah, and then Rob fucks it up that night. Uh, like, at, like Rob, Rob is invited to Marowinningham's house, and he just is a piece of shit. Yeah. I, 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 this is so disjointed. I'm sorry, it, it, but it this is, is what it is. It's this just, is this what movie this movie just does, does. not make sense. Like, like Rob, Rob ends up fucking it up with her because he basically like she's wearing like, she's she's a, she's a virgin and, and he's he, like he's starting to like take her clothes off and she seems willing to like go a little further than she has with him before and then it turns out it's like she's wearing like really conservative like pantyhose and she's like, wearing spanks spanks and like yeah and, and like but it's like all sorts of things like spanks and also there's like some concern yeah. like you can see the panties underwear like super granny panties yeah. and he kind of makes fun of her a little bit and she's like get out yeah you know the money which he's using her for money for his rent okay. and she's like the money's on the banister just get out or whatever and he but he leaves the, the money one there. decent thing is he leaves the money there because he because like yeah because the thing is the whole the whole point of Rob Lowe's character is he's fucking his life up and he's they're they're trying to portray him as a decent dude who's just fucking his life up um and then um and then um oh they, then they go to that real 80s bar party where Rob Lowe's playing, playing on the, the sax. sax and like his everyone's dressed boy. in like it's like a Halloween party yeah. And like, you know, like his wife shows up with her boyfriend really and then he gets into a fight with them. It goes really crazy. It's like, and again, that's what, that's what, that's where he's playing the sax sweatily, you know, which is a very, which is a Schumacher, uh, you know, Trope, favorite. Yeah. yeah. Um, let's see. Um, there, um, uh, this is around the point my notes just say this movie is aggressively committed to not having a plot. Yes. Um, there is a, you know, also this movie, like, the one way that Schumacher is being very Schumachery is he has a bunch of very suggestive signs in the background of this movie, much like Repo Man, but not as good. Yeah, there's a there's a fluff and fold, which yes. they even joke they about. They joke about it. But there's there's also a, like a huge like one of their scenes is shot with like a big sign in the background in the middle of the background that says "Stay Lube." <laughs> it's very like that's when that's when. What the, are we making that shirt? And I also the, the other time it, it feels really Schumachery is anytime there's an outside shot at night, there's so much neon. Neon. It feels like Gotham from from uh, from his yeah, from the, the Schumacher movies. It is so much like bullshit. Uh, let's see, what do we have here? The, the double switch intervention, where they think they're having an intervention for Ali Sheedy, but it's actually or you know uh, for 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 Demi. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Uh, he sees the highlights of the soap opera. Emilio's a stalker. Then Emilio throws his big party. Yes. There's a lot of shit that goes down at the party. One um, of the things is Emilio leaves and drives and, up to the sea cabin. I never thought I'd say this. This is the point. Never thought I'd ever say this. This party scene should have been more like girls just want to have fun. Yes. They needed a bunch of punks and metalheads yes. and lady wrestlers to just come crashing through the windows yep. and really like set this thing off. It needed a montage. It needed like it needed fight for your right to show to start. Uh, oh, it needed man. a weird science party. Yeah, and then um, oh god, the, the best character in the whole movie shows up at one point uh, soon. Um, Judith. That's Andy yes. McDowell's roommate, yeah. Because yes. he goes, he goes to Andy McDowell's house. Oh, he hasn't thrown the party yet, um, but you know, he goes to Andy McDowell's house, and she's not there. Or like a roommate's there, Judith. And at one point, like you know, he's like talking about how great Andy McDowell is or whatever, and Judith just looks at him and goes, "I hate her." Yeah. 
No, and, that's when that's when she invites him in. She invites she him says, in. Oh she yeah. She says she says my this is my roommate. I'm not yeah. as great as you think I am. Like I don't you know I don't throw the trash out. I yeah. This roommate yeah, but, yeah. My roommate hates me. And then she comes and she goes. I hate her. I hate it's her. It's a great moment. Yeah, and like oh my god, it's like I. She said what we were all thinking. Yes. Uh, yes. Oh, and then there's the really sad scene where Billy goes back to college. Oh yeah. And hangs out with his frat brothers. Mm. I mean, the only good point about that scene is he, he, that's when he finally has the realization. Um, oh, and before that, he had at one point tried to um, sleep with Demi Moore's character. Yes. When they were both fucked up. That happens he, after that, but it's the same day. It doesn't matter. It doesn't the, matter the, when the it happens. The chronology doesn't matter in this movie. Yeah, that's right. Here, I have Billy and Jules are bad at life in my notes. Yeah. That's like not long after this. Um, Judd, uh, oh, oh, and th- th- around this point, like, um, she and Judd Nelson break up. Ali Sheedy and Judd Nelson break up. Uh, and That's at the party. At the party, yeah, because he catches, he finds out she cheated. She finds out he cheated. Um, and it, he no, he announces that they're getting married. He announces they're getting married. Which she she's gets never really upset, to. and she and they're fighting, and then and then uh, he she mentions that she he's cheating on her, yeah. And he and he goes running out to beat the crap out of uh, and and Andrew McCarthy for telling her, right? And then she comes up to him after as he's punching him and like like you know as he attack after he attacks him, and she says he didn't tell me anything. You just did, yeah. You know, and so. But it like she ends up like he kicks her out of the house. They you know and they have a dumb breakup fight you know like where like they're splitting up the records and, and she has nowhere to go and she, she has nowhere to go so she goes to Andrew McCarthy's apartment, apartment which he shares with uh, Emilio Estevez and, she, and, he's and they gone. talk about how small his apartment is but it is bigger than any apartment I ever lived in until I was at like well really until this house but what I was gonna until say, I was in my mid thirties what I was gonna say was this is all happening the same night that so Emilio isn't there because he's gone up to see yeah, exactly. at the ski place yeah. so, so they have the place to himself oh yeah like, so while, oh the, 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 the jigsaw puzzle pieces of this intricate yeah plotting. so what, what ends up happening is that she's over there and she happens to see this box that he keeps of pictures of her which again seems kind of stalkery no please don't wake up yeah there was this moment of like hearing our son yeah um, and you know feel stalkery in and of itself which is a totally different character but whatever um, apparently that's how you show love is you keep old pictures of people anyway um and yeah. and like you know in, in what seems like your spank spank can yeah it's really gross it's really gross but uh, let me just go through my this page of notes just so i can uh billy and jules are bad at life billy stop being a shithead kirby stop being a shithead you dumb fucker i don't even know who that is for but that could be for <laughs> anyone in this cast so, and that's and th- and that's that's when they 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 hook up ali um, sheedy and and um and mccarthy hook, hook up. up and there's like a you know I wouldn't say explicit, but 80s level nudity. Okay, of sex we have to scene. talk about this though. She, okay, throughout this the entire the... movie, throughout the entire movie, the way that we distinctly show Ali Sheedy is like, you know, you know, proper and whatever, she always wears a string of pearls. They're fucking, and she still has the goddamn pearls. I on. didn't even notice the string of pearls. Oh my god, they're on in the, the shower scene. They're on on in the I bed. It's, honestly, the, it's so obnoxious. I honestly never noticed the. Oh my pearls. god, I noticed. Oh it. my god, well, it's ridiculous. Go back and watch it. Stupid. I'm not going back to watch it. Anyway, um, so anyway, and but then Judd Nelson shows up the next morning as they're laying in bed together, and he's coming to basically talk to him. He's like, "I'm sorry for attacking you and all that. You know, like I should blah blah. blah. You know, and and and." And Andrew McCarthy's like, yeah, man. And he's obviously trying to get him out of the place because Ali Sheedy's in his bedroom. Right. And he's like, what, 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 you ended up with the fat chick last night? And he's like, and uh, and out of nowhere, Ali Sheedy's like storms out. And my God, Ali, not you, Mm -hmm. Ali, (laughs) you, I know, I get that you were mad, but coming out and saying it's not the fat chick and bringing this, this fight here. Yeah. 
Like, all you had to do was, was stay, stay in, in the, the room and let Andrew McCarthy shuffle Judd Nelson out of there, you know, so that this dumbass bullshit fight needed to happen. Um, and then, oh, and then we're back at the, don't encourage, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm running out of notes. We're on my last page. This is the page I shared. Yes. This is the, this is the page I shared on our Twitter. I've been trying to put exclusive things on that Twitter because I always retweet all the shit I put on there. So no, there's no ever reason to follow our Twitter. So now I'm just putting at least a couple of Easter eggs on there. And so I put my last page of notes. Um, this is when, I'm, I'm guessing it's after the kiss and whenever like she seemed to be like him, mm-hmm. like that part. But my note says, what the even fuck even is this even? <laughs> Which is kind of, could be about any part of this fucking movie. Yeah. Um, there's something about Lee Iacocca, and then uh, basically I, the rest of my notes, it says Kerbo, which comes from the credits. I was like, wait, his fucking name's Kerbo? We haven't talked about... And then something about 1985 is another, and I cannot... We haven't talked about the fact that Jules basically has no money, and she has to pay for her stepmother's funeral that's right. coming. Jules like, is falling apart. She's falling apart. And that's been kind of a whole running theme here. Jules is falling apart. And so Ali Sheedy has moved in with Jules after the whole McCarthy-Nelson debacle, and... Um, because they used in to be hindsight, roommates. we probably should have just done it by characters. Oh my god, it's so stupid. So they, <laughs> Sorry, so they, so anyhow, I made it worse. It's okay. Well, I mean, honey, this is life. Um, so <laughs> That's what they, I do. they, uh, she goes to this go. Is Sparta. She goes to go in there, and she ends up having to go back to Judd Nelson, and yet yeah, while well, he's at work, and she's like, "Look, I'm sorry to bother you at work, but I can't get into the apartment." Jules has basically barred, like, barred the door and locked yeah, herself she, she in there. Like a, she's got like a brace on the door because, so um, because you know, some the the. Re- men basically came. I mean, Emilio Estevez was apparently moonlighting and came and took all of her <laughs> furniture away. Oh man, you know he only does. He only boosts cars, yeah, Allie. Yeah. Cars. And they take everything. Her her car. They take her furniture, and everything gets pulled. And so she's basically in this empty, this empty pink apartment with billowing. And this is like the, this is curtains. like the iconic scene. Yeah. And she's got all the windows open, and it's cold out. And so like she's gonna freeze to death. You know, is like that's her dramatic plan, plan. and and everyone's trying to get into the apartment to save her, and there's a there's a blowtorch involved. Everyone, everyone, everyone shows up, and by this point, everyone has alienated everyone else. Yeah, no, like they've all fallen apart. No one's no one's really like like Emilio and Andrew McCarthy are are still friends together. Yeah, Ali Sheedy is basically doesn't want to do with either. Oh, we forgot to mention Andrew McCarthy basically. Like, oh, he comes goes, on too strong with her, and that's where he gets unlikable. unlikable. Now he gets right. really possessed with her and just assumes they have a relationship now. And it's like, just because, you know, you're a rebound doesn't mean that, you, you know, like, this is meant to be. Yeah. It's like, yeah. He's been in love with her, but she just yeah, needed something to do yeah. something. Like, and I will say, to the movie's credit, she, like, it doesn't just do that, because a lot of movies just let that happen. Right. And, like, to the movie's credit, like, uh, like she's actually a like somewhat more actualized human being. She says, she's like, she says I don't later, necessarily want yeah, either of you. She's like, I need to be on my own for a while. You know, and that, that, that's, that's the end resolution of her yeah, character. Right. But, um, you really need to know. Yeah. But they do get into the apartment and it actually ends up being Billy that gets into the apartment. Oh, and at one point Judd Nelson was dangling, um, Andrew McCarthy oh, by, yeah, by over feet. a garbage truck. Yeah, but um, then pulls him up and it's off. So everybody, this is the part where I go, oh, y'all don't really respect Wendy, Mary Winningham's um, character at all. Because everybody's there to try to save Jules, except for her. They yeah. don't call her. No, yeah, it's like, where is she? They call everyone else. They call yeah. Billy, they call everybody. because she's everybody. not a real Brat Packer. Yeah, they, they I knew guess that's it. what yeah, it is. They like, you know. She was too, at that point she had met her, she met her husband and was, uh, you know, 
going to Mary O'Malley and become <laughs> no, it wasn't O'Malley, was it? it wasn't O'Malley, no, but fuck. that's funny that you said that. Fuck yeah, no, it that's wasn't. Hard, that's very hard. That's very hard. Great night of you. Yeah, I know. I, I... Speaking of, speaking of, because you do realize that what you just said, right? She doesn't marry O'Malley. She marries um, Gray. But the point is that she is in Gray's Anatomy and ends up as the I... stepmother to. The main character. So. Yes, yes, yeah. it's yeah. So she anyway anyway Mary Winningham at least at least she's working. Yeah. <laughs> uh, at least she's, she's been, a good actor. So yeah, yeah she's for, yeah. Like I mean, you, you can tell she's not like she's a character actor in a movie full of like she's a character actor in a movie full of people who are would be leads. Yeah. Although most of them probably should have been character actors. Right. So she um, so she doesn't get called, but everybody. So Billy makes his way. He finds his way in there. He like come, he tells her that he's I think coming he, in. And, yeah, he basically she opens the door for him. Yeah, she does. And he gets in and he sits down with her. And this is where they have the dramatic conversation um, that actually they were should have had many moons ago when he tried to come on to her. And in she, the car, all, all yeah. she wanted to do was talk. And, yeah, he actually talks to her this time yeah. because he's had his epiphany that yeah. he's like that he that he's fucked his life up yeah. and he needs to like whatever. But he we also get the title of a movie. Yeah, yeah. Basically, he explains that it's just Saint Elmo's fire, you know, which is. You know, like, which is electrical discharge, you know, that, like, you know, like, sailors would see and try to guide by. But, you know, like, it didn't mean anything. Right. It wasn't, you know, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't actually burn. It doesn't, you know. It's actually, yeah, it's, it's basically, like, you know, it's just electrical discharge. Yeah. Um, but. So we say, that's what this is. This this feels like it's so important and so big. But, but it's, it's just, just St. Elmo's, Elmo's fire. fire. And, yes, this movie treats itself like it's big and self-important but really nothing is there uh so yeah so and like, like, who movie, else yeah, who, who else have we, have we wrapped up everybody no billy ends up saying that he's gonna leave uh, mary winningham tells her father that she's not marrying the dude take back the car and she moves out and gets her own apartment so she's painting her apartment billy's there talking to her and then he tells her that he's leaving and then he asks her for a fucking parting gift because he keeps asking her if she's still a virgin, and she kept, keeps telling him it's none of his business. And then this time he asks her for a parting gift, and she's like, "Okay, sure." Ugh. So she gives it up to him, even though she knows he's leaving, and he's still technically. Yeah, I married. totally forgot that. My it's God, really fuck gross. that! Oh my God! And then yeah, and so Billy. So the whole ending is basically everybody taking Billy to the bus station where he's going to get on the bus and go to I don't know New York or California. I'm assuming New York. He's going. I'm assuming New York. Nobody goddamn cares. And my favorite thing about that is once he gets on the bus, he's like he's like sitting up front with the driver. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's, like, he's not even sitting. He's standing, standing at the bus and it's driving. What bus driver's not going to be like? You need to sit down, dude. Yeah, go sit the fuck down. Because first of all, this is not like a city bus. This is like, like a, a like this a, is like a charter bus. This is like, like a, a Greyhound. Greyhound. It's like, get in your fucking seat, dude. It's ridiculous. You're not going to spend four hours fucking sitting in the front. <laughs> yeah, it was nuts. It was what nuts. the actual fuck? Yeah, maybe that's what that note was. Yeah. Maybe, no, that, that, that's, that's for much later. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, no. I don't know what the Lee Iacocca thing was about. I know, but maybe I meant to say reference and wrote letter. But know. yeah, there's a reference to Lee Iacocca yeah. at some point because it's 1980 fucking five. Yeah. Um, exactly. Let's see. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. So uh, let me see. We, we've wrapped up Emilio. We've wrapped up McCarthy. McCarthy and Nelson, neither of them oh, get the, the girl, but we, they're friends again. The one thing we didn't talk about was that Kirby slash Emilio, um, he decides that he's not going to law school. He's going to go to med school because he wants to impress Dale Bieberman. This is earlier in the movie, and then he changes his mind. And he goes, he back, to goes back to law school because the world needs lawyers. Yeah, there's a whole thing about how there's more people in law school now than there are lawyers in the world. You know, and like, it, it, like, but now, now, like, that's presented as a good thing because yeah. eventually, every one of these pieces of pieces of fuck becomes the worst examples of Gen X in history. Yeah, actually, I guess they're technically boomers. How old are they? I don't know. They're yeah, te- they must be boomers. 
No, yeah, maybe. They're like right on the cusp. They're on the cusp. They're on the cusp. I think they're, they were, they used to be Gen X and they're definitely supposed to be aspirational Gen X figures for people who, you know, who were teens in the eighties. Like Gen X was their target audience. Yeah. You know, so yeah. But anyway, they became, you know, but they're, but you know, but like they're, they're every asshole of this generation that, you know, like of our generation that sucks. Like they're the, they're the part of our generation that millennials rightfully hate and zoomers rightfully hate and. You know, hopefully, hopefully they'll all get called boomers. You know. So the end of this is basically oh, the thing we didn't talk about with Jules is that she'd been sleeping with her boss, and then we find out that actually she had oh, lost yeah. her job, and, and she wasn't really she even wasn't sleeping, really with, her sleeping boss. with her boss. She was just going, you know, off and partying. And yeah, it was ridiculous. So she was wasting. Well, actually, she was going. I mean, she was going to see her. Actually, she's going to see, see her, her stepmother. stepmother. And she's like basically like like the best conversations of her life, and and the woman's in a coma because yeah. she's just sitting and talking to her, and she's actually like deeply grieving, and she's yeah. actually accepting the fact that. She's actually miserable and sad. Yeah. And I, so she apparently, somehow, despite the fact being an obvious addict, yeah, is just cleaned up. She's cleaned up and she's decided she needs to get a job. Yeah. And they all, at the end, they all kind of, like, they all, before they go, they all, like, think about going to the bar to St. Elmo's and they go look at it and they see a, a bunch of people inside that look just like them. Yeah. But younger um, But versions. younger. And they're like, eh, you know what? Let's go somewhere else. Yeah. Let's go and, to Hoolahans. Or whatever it was. Because that's where you go when you're in your 20s. Yeah. <laughs> And then they, and then they basically like it cuts the picture of them graduating, you know, and then you know, and then but they, they're basically all they're they're all kind of still they're still friends, and they're all like weirdly enough they're clo- they're all closer except for Billy who's leaving. Yeah, you know, and yeah, that's that's the movie, and nothing really happened, oh and a bunch God. of stuff. It's it's rich with incident, but okay. nothing actually okay. happens. Okay, ha- I'm gonna just yeah, we. Uh, you have to ask me because yeah, the Allie, question. Allie, was was Saint Elmo's Fire from 1985, directed by Joel Schumacher, worth revisiting? Um, I have the two part answer to this. Um, it was worth revisiting in that I did not realize what an absolute piece of garbage shit this was because my memory of this movie is here's a here's an example. Of, of, of a situation. Was the memory of this movie that you saw it when you were like 10? Well, yeah. And, and, and also, I really liked the soundtrack. So I had the soundtrack for years. And so I sort of like decided that this movie was better than it ever was because I liked the soundtrack. But then on top of that, all of my friends told me how great this movie was. And it was that thing of like, all your friends really like it, so you must like mm-hmm. it. And I was young enough at the time that I was like, I must like this movie. And I think I've seen the entire movie in... Bits, fits and starts. Like I've never. And it, the movie's made in fits and right, starts. But I'm saying, like, I didn't go to the movie theater and see this movie. Right. I, I didn't watch the entire thing on HBO. It would be like on, and I'd see like this scene or that scene or whatever. Oh, like, surely if I watch it all at once, it'll make sense. Right. Because I knew I'd seen the entire movie and multiple times I had seen pieces of the movie, but I'd never seen the movie from beginning to end, like sitting through the whole right. thing. And holy crap, this movie sucks. <laughs> we didn't even talk about like the the the, pro- the, the magical prostitute. Oh my God, yeah. Totally. Oh, the African-American prostitute that like just shows up and like she hangs outside St. Elmo's and... And she talks... Well, she, actually, she's she's working right outside of um, Kirby and, uh, and Andrew McCarthy's apartment because the only person she talks to is Andrew McCarthy. Yeah. Oh yeah, but I, I for some reason I thought that was she was outside St. Elmo's. And I mean, that, that she only talks to him. Maybe. It must be near the bar. Yeah, I'm sure they live. Near must, the bar. They must live near the bar. Yeah. But anyways, I mean, the, I used to live directly above the bar. That yeah. Of, so so yeah. long story short, like she, they have these like really in depth conversations. in depth conversations and whatever. It doesn't even matter because yeah. she, she doesn't even matter. But my point because, is because she has no personality beyond giving sage advice. Ugh. And this whole thing is so poorly done. Right. So was it worth revisiting? 
Um, yes, in that it gave me clarity that I was a stupid 10 year old um, or it followed the wrong people who gave me advice of what movies to watch and that my memory of what I thought was supposed to be like some seminal movie of my childhood actually turned out to be a piece of crap. So yeah, it was worth revisiting to realize that and now I feel better knowing that. I never need to see this movie again and I don't feel like I've missed out. And at the same time, no, it was not worth revisiting because this was two hours of my life I can't fucking get back and it was terrible. Okay, John, was it worth watching? Yeah, okay. it actually was, but not for good reasons. Right. Like, I think it was worth watching. I think it it was like a puzzle piece for my ongoing struggle with understanding what the hell was going on with the 80s. Yeah. Like, it. I needed to see this. It's not good. No. <coughs> like, I, I don't even, like, and, recommend and I'm gonna say this. it. I don't recommend watching no. it. I think it was worth it for me to watch. Yeah, like a personal thing, yeah. Like, I think I needed to see this because I think this kind of fills in a little bit of, oh, yeah. Because it is very, I mean, if you want to know the hollowness of, like, pop culture value in the 80s, in the middle of the 80s, like, this is perfect for that. Yeah. It's, it's a, it is a, an utterly soulless movie that thinks it has a lot of soul. Yes. It thinks it's, it's saying important it things. It really does. It thinks it's so important. And it's saying, it's not really saying much of anything. And these people's lives and their problems, those aren't real problems. Yeah. Like, they're, they're so, like, all of them have places they can live that are decent. Like, all right, Billy kind of probably couch starts on. But Billy actually has a home. Yeah. He just isn't welcome there a lot. Right. You know? There's also scenes with his kid, and his kid's... His kid doesn't look a thing like either of his parents. Yeah. <laughs> but it, either way. Um, oh, and, oh, he ends up, his wife, he and his wife uh, get a, a, an annulment? I don't know if they annul it or Or they get a divorce. I'm not really cares. sure. But like, but he doesn't. Nobody get, cares. He, does, he, he completely gives up custody of the kid. Yeah. Because I guess he realizes he can't. Yeah. Oh, yeah. His moment of clarity was after like Demi Moore left. His wife, like he was trying to sleep with her in, in her car. Yeah. And she drove off without him. Yeah. You know, she kicked him out of the car and drove off. And he's like yelling after her. And then his wife is looking out the window at him with her kid, holding their kid. And that's when it, that's his moment of clarity. Yeah. And he realizes he can't be a good fucking father. But, uh, but yeah, no, it's, God, it's like, it's weird. Yeah, because like, she's going to get married to somebody else who said that they yeah, would be yeah. able to raise the kid. Yeah. And it's, and he, get, like, but anyway, going back, this movie feels like it's a big deal. It really isn't. It's full of sound and fury signifying nothing. It's flashy and shiny and, like, overcooked. It's very 1985. It is. It is the the zeitgeist of the 80s. It doesn't have a soul. (coughs) It's great. Like, even its social commentary about everyone turning greedy is not really presented as a negative so much as it's a thing that happens. happens. Hey, we're all turning Republican. That's what happens. We all get, you know, you you hit a certain point. I mean, that's literally... You all all sell out and you all... My dentist said that to me. Yeah, well, your dentist is a boomer. Well, yeah. Um, And that's... uh, So, yeah, like, it it was definitely worth watching. And I don't... I have such... I don't think it was... I think it was very bad. Right. Like, one of the worst movies we've, we've done. Yeah. Like, even the parts of it that were competent... We're competent in the service of a bad end, but like I'm glad I watched it and it stuck with me for what it was. Well, it has a real pat itself on the back kind of thing. Oh yeah, thing. it's very proud of itself. It's very proud of itself, and 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 as people got older and remembered it, are like, no, no, that's what it was like in the '80s, and that's. I mean, it's very. It has that like 
we get it. We we feel like we we're meaningful, and it it's so empty. It's it's white bread with mayonnaise. Oh yeah, like it's, oh yeah, it is. It is, it is a very white movie. Actually. It's a very white movie, as mentioned. Yeah. You know, it is very well, and it, it and it's a very again, it's a very well to do movie. No one in this movie is poor. No. Even the guy with no job who's borrowing rent still lives fine. Yeah. You know, he's not he's never sleeping on the street. No. I mean. Like it's not like it's not like the outsiders where like you actually have someone sleeping in, in a, on a car seat in a right. park. Right. You exactly. Know? Like it is, it is everyone. Everyone has great apartments. They they all have. I mean, fucking Andrew McCarthy is sad that his job is meaning has no meaning, but he's making a living as a writer. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Like okay, uh, Emilio Estevez has to be a waiter, but like he's going to, to either med or law school, yeah. and he can get away with just doing that. Right. Right. You know, Judd Nelson has a huge place. Ali Sheedy's living off of him. Yeah. Uh, but clearly, whenever she leaves him, she's not she's not worried about her future in no. any real sense. She, she has just money. needed a place to stay for the night. She could just sell Jules those pearls. is super wealthy. Yeah. Uh, you know, like like everyone everyone seems to be doing just fine, and it's really just that they've got a malaise in their hearts. It's funny. I never thought and about that kind that. of shit. That kind of shit pre twenty first century. Yeah, like the nineties still had that. Like, oh, I don't want to become a corporate drone. I didn't that Jules was super wealthy. You kept mentioning that, and I kept thinking to myself, I don't think that was the case. She just kept taking advances on her paycheck. No, her father's wealthy. Oh, her father's wealthy, but he wasn't talking to her. Right, right. So but that's what I'm saying. Yeah. She comes from she money. She comes from money. She oh, comes I see from what money, you're and if like she she right. has a she like the reason she's taking advances is because she's spending all of the money she has on drugs yeah. and partying. Yeah. She's like if she it. actually like she has a job and a nice apartment, and she has family yes. wealth. Yes. they all come from money. Yes, they all Jules come from money. Jules is just pissing it away. Yes, exactly. Agreed. Agreed. I get what you're saying now. So yeah, it's like it. It, it really. It, it feels like it's a movie about hey, you got to grow up. But the way that everyone's growing up is by becoming more shallow. Yes, yes. And it yeah, it just it just. The only person who has any decency because she's just I mean and here's the thing it's still white privilege because she she can afford to not have to worry is is Mary Winningham's character because she's working in the not for profit she works in a soup kitchen she's like you know they they make a comment about they can't go out to eat at some nice place because um, how would that look to everybody that is at the soup kitchen remember when they like yeah. do that? and and I get that but at the same time she also yeah, she still comes from she privilege. still comes from like but, freaking but, Lake Forest you the, know what yeah, I mean yeah. But, like, I will say that, oh, they wouldn't let Jews in Lake Forest? Honey? I know the joke is that she yeah. could come from Lake oh, Forest. Oh, yeah, she could. Oh, yes. I get what you're saying now. Okay, yes. That that, that joke really plays uh, outside of Lake County. <laughs> well, it was more for you than anybody yeah, else. But, but we've well, also yeah. mentioned that before. So. But, yeah, it, but, like, like to her credit and why she's the only genuinely decent human is she actually rejects her family's money and, yes. and is, is trying to go off to live for live on her herself, own. yeah. But who knows, like, what kind of place she'll get. But she'll probably still get a great place because fuck it, it's 1985. You saw her place. She's painting it. Oh yeah, it's still great. It's cute. Yeah, it's a great place. Way nicer than most places I've ever lived. Yep. But so yeah, that that's the movie, and that's that. Like yeah, it's it was worth watching, but it was it was worth watching for the wrong reasons. Yeah. It's not a good movie at all. It's like it's worth and watching. I, and because... I don't even think the soundtrack's good. Yeah, it's not I the... no, I that was ten year old me telling you that the soundtrack. I know. I'm just good. saying. I like honest to God, I get so much more joy out of that Simpsons joke. Yes. <laughs> like, just that part, that snippet of that is yeah. more valuable to me than anything from the actual movie. I hear you. It is just not good. <sighs> Speaking of not good, this this episode. <laughs> oh my god! What a sh- what a shame! If you, you want to if you want to contact us and go, what the fuck was up with this goddamn like 
like meandering episode. Um, by all means, uh, you know, you can find us, uh, you know, like if you want to contact us, you can reach out to our Twitter account at MMIS podcast or send us a long form email uh, full of disjointed sentences that are unconnected, just like this podcast. I might just cut them up and pull them out of a hat. in space at gmail.com. Or, you know, if you just want to find us in general, we are at matchmadeinspace.com. Uh, we also have a Facebook page at matchmadeinspace. Uh, and uh, you can find each of us individually on uh, Twitter at, at ALI underscore Goodman, Al, at Allie Goodman. That's me. And, or, <laughs> or you can find me at Hitler Puncher. Um, uh, as Ali has uh, alluded to a couple of times, and I accidentally did as well, um, we also do a Grey's Anatomy podcast, A Hard Grey's Night, in which uh, Ali forces me to rewatch, yes, rewatch uh, episodes of Grey's Anatomy. Uh, we hadn't done that in over a year, but we just recently recorded uh, our first episode in a long time. Yeah. Uh, it should launch before this one. I just I, I haven't edited edited it yet. It's only been like three weeks since we recorded and that's it. That's so, all. I mean, but um, I haven't I haven't had a chance to edit it yet. But we will will be will be launching that shortly. Hopefully in the next couple of days. But you won't know that because this won't really be launching for a while after that. Right. Um, anyway, uh, that's it. I don't have anything else to say. I'm now rambling. You know. Until I'm waiting for my bus to get here, so I can stand, stand there as it drives away, <laughs> and you can say, "Stay gold, soda pop." Oh my god, what a nightmare! Oh god. Okay. Anyway, well, anyway. Anyway. So, um, uh, yeah. Please. Oh, oh, hey, listen. Just. Oh, I thought we were gonna sign off. Damn it. Tell tell your friends about this podcast. Don't tell them about this episode. No, tell, I mean, tell, tell them about some of the other episodes. Tell them to watch at least 50 different other episodes yeah. of this. Watch? Listen. listen. Well, watch watch our beautiful, uh, what is it, uh, icon for yeah, it, a uh, header go. image. Yeah, because you know, yeah, John changes that every time. No, no, I'm talking about just the picture of us, like, from oh, the, 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 the oh, podcast. From our, from like, <laughs> you know, with the blue background yeah, and us and our wedding, and it has the ma- has the Match Made in Space yeah. book cover yeah, in the back. Yeah, look at that. Watch that. That's my second favorite uh, podcast logo of the, of the two podcasts we have. <laughs> I spent a lot of time on that hard grace night. Yeah, you uh, did. One. You yeah. did a good job. Yeah. Uh, anyhow, thanks again uh, for listening. We really appreciate you. And uh, anything fun or questions that you tweeted us, please let us know what movies you would like to see. We we, we always want to know. Um, we'll say no to them probably because you're, about tr- that. you're because none of you remember our rules. <laughs> you're always oh trying God. to get us to do things that so aren't. So cranky. I, no, I'm just kidding. So I, cranky. I'm playing the bad cop. Yeah, you are. Cobra. Oh, All right, so this. <laughs> oh! <laughs> this has been a match made in space. Signing off. Adios. What were you saying? I'm just saying, like, you got madder at this movie after, like, we watched this a couple weeks ago, and you weren't. <laughs> was you weren't weeks ago? It was a week ago. Well, like a week and a half. Ago. Okay, well, okay. It wasn't like a week and a half. Fine, ago. whatever. Yeah, like we watched it a while ago, like nine days ago, and uh, and, and you weren't as mad. No, I got like you're more... angrier at this movie than I am. No, I, I got... was angrier at the time. I think I got more and more angry the more I thought about this movie and about my original feelings about this movie, and then what I wanted this movie to be, and then it wasn't that thing, and then it was all this other crap, and then there were all these problems. I'm mad. Yeah, I know it's. I'm. I'm freaking pissed then you're gonna love the next movie i show you